Today, I'm joined by a special guest, Miriam Sandler, who you probably know as Mother Could on Instagram. If you don't, you're going to want to go follow her right after this episode. Mother Could is a kids' activity and family lifestyle platform. Miriam shares all sorts of video tutorials of sensory and food recipes, parenting hacks, easy play-at-home activities, all the things that we need as busy parents. I absolutely love Miriam and everything that she shares, and I can't wait to chat with her today. Welcome back to Feeding Toddlers Made Easy. I'm Casey Barnes, registered dietitian nutritionist and mom of two. This is where we help you with all things toddler. I answer your questions on feeding your little ones, and sometimes we have special guests just like today. So let's chat with Miriam now. Welcome, Miriam. Hello. I'm so happy to be chatting with you today. Thank you for having me on. I'm very excited to talk to you. You know, this morning I was trying to think back to like, when did I start following Miriam on Instagram? And I'm like, I can't remember, but I feel like it traces back to you talking about how to get slime off of things. (laughs) (laughs) That would actually be a perfect time to follow me. (laughs) Right? I know I, my kids got a gift of slime. Thank you, grandma. And it was all over our furniture. And I was like, somebody, please help me. And I remember reaching out my stories and people were like, mother could, mother could. could." (laughs) I don't, I'm sure I was already following you because I don't remember following you either. So yes. Okay. And it was probably because one of my kids wasn't eating, right? (laughs) I know. I know. So tell us for the people who don't know you, tell us just a little bit about you. Okay, so I'm Miriam Sandler, and I'm, I guess, the creator of Motherhood. I specialize in short video tutorials of really easy to do kids activities. So I really like using things that you probably already have at home. And if you don't have the exact item that I'm showing, I'll show you an alternative that you probably already have. (laughs) Yes. And you show us how to clean up the mess, too. Exactly. Exactly. So I'll show you how to make the mess and also how to clean it up. Which, Which is, is necessary. Necessary. It's a combination. <laughs> yes. Because honestly, that's what would stop me in the first place from some of the things that I saw of like, oh, yes. like, but what do I do? At, like, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. You show us how. Yeah. It's the fun part. I always, I always um, go on, go on my Instagram stories and I'm like, guys, look around. My house is white. My walls are pretty, pretty white. <laughs> my furniture is very light and there's no food coloring anywhere. How, how does that happen? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll talk some more about some ideas today. I'm really excited to hear some ideas from you, but I also like, I love your story about how you got started on sensory play. So tell us like how yeah. it all began. And that's one of the things that I'm excited to talk to you about because so this all started when my daughter, my first daughter, Nicole, well, I didn't say I have three daughters. I have a seven-year-old, a four-year-old and a five-month-old. My seven-year-old, she was approaching her first birthday and she refused to eat any sort of solids. All she wanted was breast milk, breast milk, breast milk, breast milk, breast milk, and more <laughs> breast milk. And even after I was like rationing it out, I was like, no girl, can't have that much breast milk. She would refuse to eat, but she was in the 90th percentile of height and weight. We're not very tall people. So for her <laughs> to be in the 90th percentile was like a lot. And our doctor, pediatrician was like, don't worry. She's totally fine. She's going to eat. Give her time. 
but I had already started feeding, introducing solids since she was six months. So now it has been six months. Yeah. And she's not eating. And there was no Instagram then when there was like Mm -mm. feeding specialists to give you tips and no, nothing. No, um, we're talking six and a half years ago. We're so old. I know, right? Before this era, I know. (laughs) So I had a little bit of uh, knowledge about sensory play and how beneficial it was for texture sensitivities. So I realized she had a sort of sense texture sensitivity. And I was like, you know what? I got nothing to lose. So I'm just going to like dive deep into sensory play. And I started with textures that she was already comfortable with. So we knew she liked liquid breast milk. Mm -hmm. So I started doing water play sort of sensory bins. Now it's her first birthday. Just running around, walking, sitting. So love the sensory bins. Three days after that, I introduced a a little bit more of a thicker texture. So I made chia seed slime. Mm. First day she touched it and she was like, no, mom, not happening. <laughs> no. Second day, two fingers. Okay. Third day, a full hand. Fourth day, all in, all in. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is going well. That is. Well, so I just want to say like the fact that you kept up with it. I mean, maybe just your, like you said, you had a little bit of background in it. So you knew like, I need to keep going. But I think a lot of parents would be discouraged if yes. they didn't see that progress right away. Exactly. And I'm very thankful to, I guess, my training prior to becoming a mom, because I work at a center for children and families here in South Florida with kids that had ADD and ADHD. And we use a ton of sensory play to kind of connect with them Mm -hmm. and ground the situations. So I knew that the first time wasn't going to go well. The second time, not so much. And that's kind of like with everything with children, right? Yes. When you're doing sleep training, the first night's horrible. The second night's better than the third. Same with potty training. First mm-hmm. day is terrible. Second day is better. Third day is magical. So Sometimes they're the all same. terrible. We had a <laughs> terrible potty training. F- I tried too soon, but yeah, not to get <laughs> off topic, but <laughs> I, I'm just a little scarred from that. But second time um, around, it went, it, it went better. <laughs> So yeah, I was thankful to have that because I knew that while I was introducing these sorts of different textures through play, she wasn't going to get it at first, but building on the textures that she was comfortable with, I went on to the pastas and then I went to the rices and then I went into all these things that I was able to create taste safe sensory play recipes for. And in six months, she was eating quinoa and salmon. Wow. And I was like, dang, (laughs) what? (laughs) That's amazing. So tell me, like, walk us back to just a little bit more about how when she was one and you're really like wanting her to be on solids, like what was happening? Was she like throwing her food, just like refusing to eat it? Like, how did you know, like, this just isn't, I mean, obviously she wasn't eating, but like, what were some of the things happening? There was a lot of things. One of them was uh, taking everything out of her mouth. So I would like put it in her mouth and she would take her tongue out and just go nah, 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 and take it out automatically. Sometimes even cry at the, at the look of the spoon. She oh. was just like already like seeing it coming and she didn't want it. Even sometimes I would put her at, towards the end when it, when it was getting like really hard, I would put her in the high chair without any food around and she would start crying. Mm. 
So at first it was more like, I don't, I, I, I don't like these textures. I don't want to do it. I don't, I, and I was like, maybe she just doesn't like my cooking. So my mom was like, you should add a little bit of salt. And I was like, okay. So I added a little bit of salt. Yeah. No, nope. no, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> the taste. And then she was like, maybe she just doesn't like uh, salty food. So maybe you should start with the fruit. So I went with the fruits. No, she didn't like that either. And I was like, okay, baby lead weaning. That's what's going to help my situation. So I mm-hmm. put the stuff on there, walked away, looked at the corner of my eye. Everything was on the floor <laughs> within three seconds. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the method it wasn't the flavor it was the textures yeah it was simply the textures and I know you shouldn't blame yourself as parents but it was my first daughter and all I wanted her to do is look cute (laughs) so I would put the bibs on her and she couldn't get dirty and Mm -hmm. you know and it's just it's part of it she had really cute clothes my grandmother would sew her like her little outfits I would put them on, can't get dirty because yeah, even for the other children. Let's just say for my second child, she was butt naked in all of her high chairs. Same. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. I know. But with that first kid, especially, and like you're trying to keep your house a little bit sane yeah. and in order. And after the first kid, you realize that's just not possible. But when you <laughs> still have that first one, you're like, I, I can control this. I remember like wiping Teddy's face, like constantly throughout the meal, like wiping his hands. And now I know that that is not helpful, but at yes. the time you just don't know. Yeah. You just yeah. don't know. And I always say, Every parent has to go through the first child experience. You just have to. I know, but why couldn't we get, we should have had like a a rental practice before (laughs) the first one. (laughs) A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Or at least now there's like podcasts and social media where other parents can say, hey, you know, don't wait for all the time. She's going to be fine. I know. She's fine. Or just, if you want to ruin the clothes, take it off. I know. So that's where you got started. And you must have really liked doing that kind of play with her. I loved it. And it was because it was also one of the only ways that I was able to connect with her at her level. Otherwise, I was just like the puppeteer moving the puppet. Right. Mm -hmm. And it kind of felt like every day was the same thing in different motions or even the same motions most of the time. So when I would do these little sensory play moments, even if it was 10 minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, that eventually turned into hours. It was our way of connecting and playing together. Eventually, when she got a little bit older, a year and a half, we started making the sensory play recipes together. So now she's learning different skills, measurements, scooping, pouring, transferring, all of these different things all through play. Yeah, I love that, especially too for the parents who are like, well, I want to make a recipe to eat. I don't want my kid to like ruin that because they're going to scoop, you know, twice as much flour. But if you're doing something for a play recipe, it doesn't have to be so exact, I'm guessing. Exactly. It doesn't have to be so exact. And the cool thing is that if you're, let's say you're making Play-Doh and your daughter is, or your son is pouring in the flour, too much flour, add a little bit more water. That's it. Yeah. You know, like it, you're not going to eat it. So if, the, right. if it tastes a little salty, if they added too much salt, oh, then it's okay. <laughs> no big deal. For Okay. Let's talk about, so when she was around one, like what, if someone has a one-year-old, what yeah. would be a, some quick ideas for them to start out with? Number one for me is always water. And you're like water, but water, there's so many things you could do with it. You could put it in a bin. You could freeze it with some of their favorite toys. 
Another cool way that I like to do it is in like century bags. You put water, a little bit of oil in it. And now it's a really cool, like lava lamp type of situation. But whenever you're like, I don't know what to do with my child water, just make sure it's under two inches for drowning purposes. Okay. Very important for kids that are under three, always less than two inches of water. But any, like today I did it with my five month old. I put her down for tummy time. She, she doesn't like tummy time. I put put her down for tummy time. Well, first I laid down a towel. I'll start from the beginning. Lay down a towel, put her down for tummy time. I put a little, very shallow tray in front of her. In front of her, I poured the water into onto the tray, a tiny drop of blue food coloring and some ducks. And now the ducks, it become like a little duck pond and the ducks are floating around and she's looking at them floating around. Then I moved her on to sitting on me and her little feet were like dangling and splashing and she was just looking down and then put her back on her tummy one more time. But this time I put one of her arms inside of the water. So every time she would move her hand, the water would flap and she was getting splashed. She was like, what, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) But you're like, we think just water, but I just created a little themed kind of water play for her. You can make it mysterious by making it really dark for older kids. You could do black food coloring so that you can like hide things inside. And as they go with their hands, they take things out and it's kind of like a mystery box. Yeah. Water is one of my favorite things. And then on my, on my site, you can find a ton of taste safe sensory recipes. I always say if anything has flour, just make sure to cook it in the oven, bake it for like 15 minutes at 300 degrees Fahrenheit. Do you Wait just put it cool. like in a pan and yep. stick it in there? Yep. You put it in a pan, stick it in there at 300 degrees for 15 minutes. And that's just going to essentially cook the flour, which is just killing the bacteria. Right. Very important. If you have kids that are not mouthing anymore, you could just go ahead and use the flour as it is. But for t- tiny, tiny kids, you'll definitely want to do that because there's tons yeah. of recipes you can make. You can make taste safe sand, which is super fun for them. What's in taste uh, safe sand? <laughs> uh, well, l- let's go easier. Taste safe cloud dough. Okay. Which is just flour and oil. That's very, I've done that. I've done that. That's fun. I like it's that. It's fun. If you want to do taste safe, like beach sand, there's a little bit more of a cooking component that you do with it. And it's a okay. little bit more, basically the same ingredients, but you get a different texture. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) This is so good. I mean, I think that with the water, sometimes I might think, oh, it's not worth it. Or like, you know, it's a couple minutes at first, but that's just where you start. Yes, exactly. That's, that's where you start at first. You, we, we we kind of feel like the one-year-old, it only, they only played for five minutes, but we have to understand that for a one-year-old, five minutes is a long time. Mm-hmm. Kids' attention span is about a minute per age. So we're talking about a one-year-old, their attention span is a one-minute attention span. Yes. A two-year-old, their attention span is a two-minute attention span. All Same with us, the three-year-olds. Yeah. Anyone who's flown with a toddler knows that you have to have <laughs> 100 activities. For that is life. right. That is right. Because their attention span is very short, mm-hmm. but the, what you're teaching them in that minute is very valuable because now you have a one-year-old who knows how to grab a cup and you sit them in front of a water bin and they're focusing on pouring their water into the cup while they play. But the next time they go up to the dinner table and try to pour water onto their cup, they're going to have perfected 
this technique because they've already played with it during sensory play. So you're yeah. teaching them very valuable things without even knowing you are. It's That's very cool. I've also seen you do a lot like in the shower and in the bath with your yeah. girls. And that yeah. has been such a mind blowing thing for me because why did I never think to do this before? <laughs> yeah. Know? I live in South Florida. So for me, it's really easy to get outside. Yeah. Really easy. Just go in the backyard. But Nikki, I didn't have a backyard. I lived in an apartment. So I did everything in the bath or in the shower. I would put that water bin literally in the bath. Yeah. And yeah. she's not changing the bath, but she's having fun in there. She has that. She's playing with that water. There's no mess because everything just goes down the drain. It's just water, essentially, with a little bit of food coloring. But this is playtime now. It's not bath time. I love all sorts of taste-safe paints. I have a bunch of recipes from ice paints to baby paint to like watercolor, every type of paint I pretty much invented at this Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I put that all in the shower. I put it all in the bath. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. It, it is. I did that recently with Amelia. We were home, you know, I don't know what her school was shut down, whatever. And I'm like, oh, I've got to pull out all the tricks to keep us entertained. And she had the time of her life painting on the door of my shower. And I'm like, this is fantastic because I can just rinse this off. I'm already in the shower. That's right. I always love to do on Fridays. Now I'm sharing like a weekend activity. I'm pointing one thing out that we can all focus on this weekend. And this weekend, it's all about shower paint. Mm, I love that. This is in your Instagram stories. Yes, I'm going to put it in my Instagram stories. I always save it to the weekend highlight, weekend ideas highlight. So you can okay. always find them there. Yeah. I mean, it's things that you can put together in less than five minutes and that Amazing. you can really, it will entertain for a long time. So this one is just, I happen to have it here. Let's show you. Shaving cream, a little bit of shower gel and one drop of food coloring. And they're the funnest paints. Really, really fun paint. I bet um, it's a nice, like soft type and it's not drippy. I'm guessing. Exactly. It's not drippy. It's a soft texture. Things that you would naturally put in the shower anyways, like shaving cream and shower gel. So yes, <laughs> I know. I feel like whenever I go to the dollar store, I'm buying shaving cream. Yeah. <laughs> shaving cream and grab yourself some hair gel. That's my other favorite thing. <laughs> okay. Yes. I've never, that's something I never think about. Okay. Yeah. Hair gel is great for sensory bags. One of my favorite is the writing bag with hair gel. So I I take a Ziploc bag. I pour in some clear hair gel, food coloring. And if you have any glitter, a little bit of glitter, if not, it's not necessary, but extra. (laughs) And it's now a really, if you have a baby, it's a really great squishy bag. And if you have um, older kids, they can practice their writing strokes. So anything from numbers, letters, or even just lines uh, on the bag, erase it, like squish it back together to erase it and then make more strokes with it. It's really fun. I love that idea. Do you normally like the kind of things that you get, where do you normally buy like shaving cream, hair gel? Is it like dollar Dollar store? hundred percent, hundred percent. Most things I get at Dollar Tree, even purposely if I'm getting like, I don't dye rice anymore because it lasts forever and I have every color now. (laughs) (laughs) but if I were going to do that I would get it all at Dollar Tree everything at Dollar Tree yes the rice oil you can get everything from my play recipes there everything okay I have these like really cute like by the teacher section they have tongs yes those are so fun Yes. I love tongs. That's one of those things that I'm always, and the small ones, like the cute little kid friendly size tongs. Yes. 
I love that. I think that really strengthens their hand grip, right? Exactly. Exactly. And that's one of the things that hand grip is one of the things that you're like, how do I teach my child how to grab a pencil? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you don't teach it by giving them a pencil and showing them hand over hand. You teach it through play. And that's just one of the greatest things about learning through play is that they're playing and you're handing them tongs that they're going to use to transfer some of their sea animals. But eventually they're going to use those same tongs in in the kitchen. Or let's say you give them a paintbrush and now they're just having fun in the shower painting. But eventually that same grip is going to transfer onto the classroom or same situation. Amazing. Now I know you have a million ideas on your website, but I quickly want to talk about cardboard boxes. Yes. What should we do with our cardboard boxes? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So if I had to pick one thing to do with your cardboard boxes, I would, well, it depends. If you're a hoarder like me, then follow these instructions. (laughs) (laughs) I love creating reusable coloring boards. That's my favorite thing. I started off by making a makeup board for my daughters. Well, first of all, these makeup boards on cardboard went like viral, right? But I kept looking at it and I'm like, my kids are going to paint one time the nail polish and then I'm going to have to throw away the cardboard. Mm -hmm. So I wrapped it in clear packing tape. Yes. And now it's a reusable coloring board. Amazing. (laughs) That honestly, it makes a huge difference because I did that too. I did like the nails and then I was like, well, I'll throw this out now. But then you put that on and just wipe it off and because they're done in two minutes. Literally, it took me, it it takes you five minutes or 10 minutes to create the board and half a second for them to finish painting (laughs) it. And I was like, no, girlfriend, no, no. So the clear packing tape situation, just wrap that cardboard, not even wrap, just like put a layer on top of clear packing tape. And all of a sudden you have a reusable coloring board. Yes. Fantastic. And I like that it's a bigger surface area too, because you know, they like to get all over the place. So if it's a bigger area, we have less on the floor. That's right. That's right. That's one of my favorite things to do. There's honestly, if you have like a large box that you don't really know what to do with, it's not recycling day or anything, have them go at it. So give them some sort of or like arts and craft materials. It could be anything. You could be literally give them glue and pom-poms mm-hmm. or paint or like silky crayons. Markers don't really show up really well in cardboard, but any type of things and just let them at it. Let them have fun with it. Yes. Ideas with cardboard. <laughs> Thank you. One time Maria. I created a cake. I layered um, different size boxes. And for my husband's birthday, 35th birthday, (laughs) we made it him a cardboard cake and we used puffy paint, which is equal parts shaving cream, white glue and food coloring. And I put them into little bags and use them as like, we cut a corner and use it as like pipettes. Wow. And And it looks like frosting. And it looks like frosting and it dries really puffy and fun. Yeah. So I love that. Okay. Didn't you make a Gabby's dollhouse out of cardboard boxes? (laughs) (laughs) How many hours, Miriam? (laughs) It was like, it was like 24 at least. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of my favorite things that I've ever made. I made a whole Gabby's dollhouse, including the elevator that worked. Yeah. And I've donated it now. It hurt my soul, but I had no more space in my home. Anything Um, is possible with cardboard. 
anything. I, I won my other favorite project was a little lemonade stand. It was so fun. That's so cute. fun. Your Walmart girls like has, did oh, the whole, yeah. They loved it. Walmart has like their decorated boxes that kind of like look summery. Yeah. So I made that as, a, as the like base. And then I went up with some, I think it might've been like paper rolls. Okay. The, the sign at the top and they made the lemons, cardboard lemons. It was very cute. That's adorable. Very cute. But that's, I mean, that's more intricate, right? Well, yes, yes. yes. (laughs) That's just us dreaming about, you know, the Pinterest-y kind of thing. That's right. That's right. That's right. I try to not post so much of that. One time I made an entire kitchen out of cardboard. What? Like a play kitchen? Like a whole play kitchen. I missed that one. Yep. Yep. Wow. It was very fun. I try not to share so much of that because, you know. Yeah. It's a little, a little overwhelming. Extra. Yeah. A little extra. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. One last thing that I want to ask you for the moms who are still like worried about mess, like yeah. what would you say besides the shower, what else is a good way to. So let's say you're doing a dry century base. We're talking rice, beans, pasta, kinetic sand, all these dry century bases setting up is equally as important as anything else. So Mm. you want to optimize that setup so that when you clean up, it takes you less than two minutes. How we're talking. (laughs) (laughs) So so a lot of people will take a sensory tray and just like put it on the table. Yeah. And two things happen. One, their elbow hits the corner and the entire sensory tray flops on the floor. Uh Uh Seen it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Two, they put the sensory base, like let's say it's dyed rice on the table with nothing else, no tools, no cups, no anything. And if I was a child, think about it. This is something new to you. What is your first instinct? You're going to grab it. You're going to throw it. What else are yeah. you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> like, what else? <laughs> what else are you going to do? You're going to grab it. You're going to throw it. It's like, yes. it's like there's, no, there's no way around it. So put it on the floor. Number one, what okay. are you going to do? I'm going to tell you the whole setup of what I do. I take a sheet. Well, I like to use a table protector. So they're a little bit thicker, mm-hmm. uh, but you don't need it. You could use a sheet or a shower curtain, whatever you have set it on the ground, make sure it's flat. You could like anchor it down with some furniture if you want to, but it's not necessary if you spread it out yeah. really far. And then you're going to take a larger bin, kind of like those like 24 quart size like a storage bin yeah not the tall ones but more of the 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 shorter ones you're going to put it in the center and you're going to use the lid of that bin as your catch-all tray so you're going to put that right next to it okay and then you're going to take your sensory tray with the rice and put it inside of the bin Mm -hmm. so whatever falls out of the tray most likely will fall into the bin and whatever falls out of the bin is going to fall onto the tray or the sheet. Okay. So we've got like the layers of protection here. We have the layers of protection. That's exactly right. And, but that's not it. I'm now giving them (laughs) tools, right? I'm giving them spoons. I'm giving them scoops. I'm giving them little toys. I've made a, I've made an ocean. I put sea animals and I don't know what else. You put a whole bunch of stuff, fun, fun stuff in there. Okay. Yeah. So now they have a purpose to the bin. What am I doing? Oh, I am burying the fish or, <laughs> or rescuing them or whatever they want to do with it. 
and just enjoying the sensory base, right? They've played, they've done, what I like to do is put the tools right onto the lid of the, of the bin so that that's kind of like their work area, mm-hmm. right? The majority of what's falling out is falling onto the lid. Now they're done playing. They're done. They finished. I'm going to pour everything back into the bin. I'll take the lid, pour it back into the bin. Everything goes in there. And now a lot of it is on the sheet too, but it becomes a funnel. Yeah. So you pick up the sheet, wrap it up, and then you funnel it all back into the bin. And then you're done. Nothing's on your floor. Nothing's on your floor. You might get like a piece here and there that like rolled away. Yeah. Um, but it's not like you've lost it all. Not even close. It just, like it just the setup is so important. And so I'm, I'm important. guessing it just becomes kind of like the routine. You just know the pieces you get out and it's not this whole big to do. You just, this is what I do yeah. each time. Exactly. Exactly. A lot of people say, but my child, I do all this. And my child still takes the rice and runs. Hmm. And I like to say two things. You have to set up boundaries. So you have to tell your child, okay, you, you can't just tell a one-year-old, make sure you to keep it in the sheet. They don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> literally, I don't know what you're talking about. So you, what I like to do is take painter's tape, blue painter's tape. And I like to create kind of like a, a physical boundary mm. around the area. Okay. And then you can tell them, okay, you see the blue lines? See the blue lines? We have to keep it within the blue lines, okay? It's very important. It's part of the game. Can you uh-huh. keep it within the blue lines? And now it becomes kind of like a, oh, wow, okay, got to stay, got to stay within the blue lines. Let's say they don't stay within the blue lines. Yeah. Are your boundaries, okay? You got to say, okay, if you, if you get out of the blue lines, then I got to put it away. But then you got to follow through because we know us parents like to, to give boundaries and not follow through and then. <laughs> A week or weeks. I know. Happened. So weak. So weak. But it's important, especially during these sensory play things that you want to set up for them. And there was many times at first where I took it away, mm-hmm. where they didn't respect the boundaries that I put, took it away. But the next time I brought it back, you best bet they respected those boundaries much mm-hmm. better, right? It's just about following through, setting those boundaries, following through, giving them a visual that they can actually understand. Yeah. Um, because if this sheet blends with the floor, forget it. Right. Right. Forget it. Yeah. That's so Setting. helpful. I think that a lot of times I would just kind of do these things in the moment and not think like my husband always laughs at me. Cause he's like, didn't you expect this to happen? I'm like, I wasn't that far ahead. <laughs> so I love that you're like helping us think about the before to make the after easier, how to keep the boundaries, because, you know, sometimes you're just like, yes, just trying to get by. So this is really helpful. Yeah. The great thing about me being able to share it is that I've already been through it. Mm-hmm. Like every possible scenario, <laughs> a lot of my sensory play recipes I've actually created so that they taste awful. Mm. They taste safe, but they taste awful. So and what that are. does is that kids will automatically taste it, but most likely spit it out almost immediately. Yeah. So I like to differentiate between taste safe and edible. Like edible is like these yummy pancakes that you're making them. And these taste safe recipes are for them to be able to taste, but not eat. Right. Safe to put in the mouth, but they're not going to want to keep doing that. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. And 
and making them taste awful helps with that. <laughs> I never would have thought about that, but it makes complete sense. Yeah. <laughs> Miriam, thank you so much. I love your tips and your just your whole energy. Like it's so positive and lighthearted and you're such thank a bright you. spot for moms who are just trying to do their best. So I love following you, you on Instagram. Oh, you're so sweet. I appreciate it. For anybody who's not following Miriam, you can find her at Mother Could, C-O-U-L-D. Mother Could. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and your website. Your website is motherhood.com. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. Okay. Bye, Miriam. Bye. Thanks.